Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. We're here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I get there myself, 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. Do you love his word? Praise God. We'll start in the first verse. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring for you or to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. So if you're there this morning in weakness and fear and trembling, you're in good company. So was Paul. But there's an answer for you. Amen. It says, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and the power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Thank God for wisdom that we have, but God's power is what's going to save the day. Amen. Verse six, however, we speak wisdom amongst those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Whose glory? For our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, these are the things that, uh, uh, the, the wisdom that's been ordained before the ages of the world for our glory. Verse 9 says, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I read uh, in the Amplified last week, it said, and that God has prepared, made and keeps ready for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him and gratefully recognizing the benefits he has bestowed. There's a lot in that verse. All that he has prepared, made and keeps ready. We talked about that this morning, that there's something, uh, things that, that God has prepared for each and every last one of you before the foundations of the world that he has prepared, has made for you, and not just has made them, but he is actually keeping them ready for us. And I tell you, it's, it's, it's a testimony and a real, uh, for me, it's an encouragement of God's faithfulness and his love towards us that no matter what goes on, he, who, he, who he has seen us to be, he still sees us to be. The picture of us that he has, that he once had, he still has. And the things he's prepared for us and set aside for us, he still has those things ready and is keeping them ready for us. And, um, you know, so we talked last week about uh, uh, the things that God has prepared and for us and the fact that there are things that, that are set aside that God has specifically prepared for each and every one of us. But then we ask the question, are you preparing for the things that God has prepared for you? And, you know, the, the, just because God has prepared them doesn't mean we're going to enter into those things or experience those things. But there is a responsibility in our part. And we have a part to play in this. And I know a lot of times we said this last week, people would say, well, why can't God just do this? Just do it for me and take care of everything. Well, because he didn't create you to be somebody that lives on that level. He, he created you to be someone that lives and operates on his level and that he's preparing things, but then you're also preparing. And so what happens is you have a, a blending of hearts and a blending of, of perspectives and a blending of dreams and a blending of, of desires and things. You know, as we pursue what God has, pr pr has prepared for us, he'll pursue the things that you have on your heart as well. 
Do you realize that as you, as we are pursuing him and his plan and his purpose in our life and the things that he has set up for us, he's actively busy and at work in the things that are dear to you and the things that are important to you and the things that just in general uh, 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 are the, even the small things of life that would fulfill us. God is interested in those things. And so as we work with him, as we take place, take our place in this process, it really enables God to not only us get involved in what he's created, but he also get involved in the things that we create and the things that we desire and the things that, that are on our hearts. Aren't you glad for that? Uh, you know, God, God looks at us with such high regard and values the things that are important to us so much that he wants to be able to participate so there's a sharing of things and a participation in life and an effort in what we do. And so reading these scriptures, there are things that God has prepared for us. And so our time of preparation is so important, the things that we're investing in. The truth is what you're experiencing today is not just a matter of fact or, or a, a part of just what God has designed for you alone. What you're experiencing today is a reflection of what you prepared for yesterday. Right? Where you are today and what you're experiencing today and how much of what God has seen. Now, we read this verse as I has not seen nor ear heard uh, or nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. That means that what he has designed for us and what he has prepared for us is so great it's beyond our wildest imaginations. Now, some things we won't experience here. There are things that we'll experience in eternity. Uh, the scriptures in Ephesians talks about that he uh, showing us his goodness and his grace in the ages to come. And so we know as time, as really, say it this way, when time stops, you know, and we're into a, pl a place of timelessness with him, that there are things that God's going to reveal and good things that he's prepared for us to experience, you know, years and millennium and decades and, and all of these things down the road, there are things he's prepared, but there are things in this life he's prepared. And the, the part of that, that we're experiencing in this life and all of those things, the things that are in the, in the distant future and the things that are here and today, they're things that are so much better and so much better or, or wonderful and great than we could even conceive of for ourselves. Amen. They're, they're so much bigger and so much more important and valuable, the things that God has prepared for us. And so the, the degree to which we experience those things and walk in those things really is directly related, yes, to God's grace. Always his grace is involved, but our preparation, what, what we've done in the past to prepare ourselves for where you are today. And the moment we quit preparing for, for what's next, we're setting ourselves up for not having something later. It's kind of like sowing and reaping. The minute you quit sowing, you're, you are limiting your harvest tomorrow. And it doesn't matter how good your harvest is today, that's great, but there still will be a tomorrow. And yes, today is important. And, and tend to what you need today and enjoy the harvest today, but what about tomorrow? Are you gonna pull some of that aside and invest for tomorrow and invest in the future? Are you gonna plant and sow for what's next? And so a lot of times when it comes to this area, we find ourselves, and I've been there myself at times where you get to a place and, and it seems like you're just kind of out of sync with what God wants to do. And sometimes even uh, uh, the, the realization or the, the, the revelation that there's something more, there's something else to be had. Now, there's a part of life that we need to be content with where we are. You can live always looking to tomorrow and miss out on what God's doing for you today, Right? And, and if you're always looking for something else, well then, and that, from that standpoint, yes, you can miss out on what God has for you and you can actually not enjoy what he's provided today for you. 
right? But, but there's also a place that you, we can be over content or we can be too comfortable. We can be too satisfied with where we are and yet not think about tomorrow, not think about that there's something else to be investing in. There's something else to be sowing into. Can I say that your life is not over? Your life is not over. This is a statement we, we hear all the time. Your best days are not behind you. That, that is truth. It's not a cliche statement because every day is becoming, we're looking more and more like him. Every day we should be looking more and more like him. Every day we should be experiencing and learning and growing uh, more used to and in fellowship and in contact and in cooperation with the greatness of God. You realize we're in relationship with God, Right? We're not in a relationship with a book. We're not in a relationship with, 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 with rules and regulations and orders. We're actually in relationship with the creator of the heavens and the universe. And so when you think about what's coming, if you don't have a sense in you that there's something else to do, there's more ahead of you, then you need to get to know Jesus. I mean, you got to figure the sacrifice Jesus made, he did it because he knew there was something better. Jesus had it pretty good in heaven. He had it pretty, he had it all right, right? The, 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 the right hand of God's pretty good gig. He always had been, always, I mean, he, he, everything that we see and have was shaped by him and through him. He was in a pretty, pretty good place, right? But there was something else that he could see that if, if we could add this, if we could fix this, if we could, if we could, if we could come in and save the day and make a way as good as it is, there's something better that we can have. So all of this was set in motion because even God knows that there's, there's more to be had. There's more to be seen. There's more to be experienced. And so in your life, you know, I think what happens a lot of times we lose sight of, uh, of whether it's wet sometimes because things are tough and we think, oh, if just please, if it could just be all be over. Everybody been there before you just want it all to be over. And yeah, we've probably all been there at some point. If I could just put this all behind me and just move on or, or, or you might be in a place where it's so good. I don't want to leave this place. You know, oftentimes in our life where the Lord calls us to and the places he brings us into, it's for a season, right? It's for a season. And if we stay in that place beyond the season, the provision that was for that season will run out, right? So the, one of the dangers of becoming comfortable and getting stagnant in where we are in our, in our, in just in our walk with God and, and all, the, all that encompasses that is that, yes, there's provision today, and what we're experiencing today, like I said, is what we prepared for yesterday, but what we're having today, if we stay there too long, we can get to the place where our, our place of, prep or, 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 of provision has moved on to something else, and now we're in a place of lack. Where once was a great blessing, now it becomes a great hindrance to us. Where once something used to be beneficial to us and helped us, now it's become a burden. Because whenever God moves on, when he's moving on to something else, when it's time for us to move into something else he's prepared, and we refuse to stay there, his grace moves on. And what he would maintain and keep and, and, and protect and, and perform and do all these things, he moves on. Now it's our responsibility. Apart from him. Remember, we always have a responsibility in it. That's why we're in partnership with him. But it works when we're partnering with him, actively partnering with him. But the moment we get stuck where we are and he moves on, then it's just you. Then it's just me. 
Have you ever been in a place where you realize God has moved on? The, 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 the cloud has lifted. The pillar of fire has moved on to the next campsite. And I'm stuck out here in the boonies by myself. Ever been there before? Right? You know, the children of Israel, as they were going through the, the, the wilderness and moving along, the Lord would lead them fire by day, uh, you know, pillar of smoke by day, fire by night. He would lead them. And the, the, the armies that were after them were outside on the other side, looking for an opportunity to get in, looking for a way to, 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 to get into where they were. You know, a couple of years ago when we, we were in Africa, we, after the crusade was over, uh, my dad and I, we stayed, you know, on our own money, uh, in case you're wondering, we stayed, you know, and uh, went to South Africa and, and did a, a, a safari, you know, did a hunting safari and, and um, you know, uh, as we're there at night, you know, you've got all these wild animals roaming around. You can hear stuff. Now, there, there weren't lion tigers and bears where we were. All the lions have been moved out because they were eating the animals, so they got rid of the lions. And, and, uh, but there were, you know, there were hyenas and there were jackals and there were uh, leopards and, and caracals. And you say, what is that? It's a, it's a, a small cat that's also mean. Uh, you know, uh, there were all these animals that were out there, you know, and, and I remember sitting by the fire. I don't know if anybody's like me. You know, I love to sit out by a fire. And there's something about just sitting out at fire. Just, it's just, I could sleep out there. And oftentimes, even our house, you know, we've got a fire pit in the backyard I'll, I'll, when it's cold enough and there aren't bugs that'll carry you away. Uh, you know, I'll get out there and I'll start a fire and I'll sit up there and I like to sleep. I like to bring a, a sleeping bag, you know, and I put a tarp over me because I think ahead so that the dew doesn't get the, the you know, the, because it's still dewy, doesn't get it wet. And I'll sit there and I might wake up at three or four in the morning. Oh, Oh, I gotta go. I need to go to sleep, and so I go inside. And so I like to sit out there. While we were on this uh, trip, you know, it got late, and we had spent the day, you know, hunting. And we were the great hunters, so we had been. You know, we were done for the day, and the next morning was going to start early. I had to be up bright and early to get out there, you know. And and um, and if you don't like hunting, I'm sorry, but anyway, uh, it was it was better than being mauled by a lion or, or something else. So anyway, um, uh, so the night that, you know, we're out there and we had a, an early night or an early morning. And so pastor and our guide, they went to bed and I stayed out by the fire. I wanted to stay out there. Well, once they left about an hour or so after they left, suddenly it's getting darker outside. There's less things moving around. The fire had begun to dwindle a little bit. And suddenly I started hearing noises. I mean, you know, when you're in Africa and you start hearing noises, that's not necessarily the most comforting thing. You hear noises at home, it's just a squirrel, just a bunny rabbit. You hear a noise out there, it could eat you. And so the, there's, I'm hearing noises and I could hear jackals in the distance. Well, I could hear them getting closer and I could hear them getting really, and I could hear them just outside of where the ring was. I was sitting on the fire just outside. I could hear them making noise, running around. I mean, Pastor Greg, I was thinking I'm covered by the blood, you know, I, no, no weapon formed against me, which shall prosper, you know. I mean, I, well, you know, what happened was the provision of where I was began to fade. That fire began to go out from that was supplied. I ran out, I put as much wood as I could. Finally, I ran out of wood. There was nothing left to burn. And so I had to make a decision. Do I stay by something that is passing by or do I move on to what's prepared for me? There was a place of safety prepared inside. Do I stay out here or do I move on? And see, where you find yourself today, you gotta, you got to realize, listen, it may be good, but if you stay too long, you can stay beyond your provision and what God has prepared for you and knowing that he's not stagnant, he's got something else prepared, so move towards that thing. God is not done with you. God is not done with you. 
I said, God is not done with you. God is not done with you. Miss Veronica this morning telling me she was old this morning. You're not old. God's not done with you. Even if you wear one glove on one hand and no glove on the other, God is not done with you. She says she's going to bring a Michael Jackson glove in a few weeks. God might be done with you if you do that, but so far he's not done with you. <laughs> in case you're wondering, it's cold up there. Well, one hand is cold when she's up there. Oh, you have another one? Oh, she, oh okay. She does have two gloves. Right, we're going to take up an offering for a second glove this morning. All right. Listen, God's not done with you. God's not done. What's that? They make gloves for that. Oh, Okay. We might still take one offering. All right, so. God's not finished. You know, I've, I've been around this for a long time, and if you are effective at any point in your life, God wants you still to be effective today, right? If there's ever a season in your life where you're effective for the kingdom of God, God's not done with you. He wants, he wants you to be effective yet again today. Age does not determine your effectiveness today. It might determine the wrinkles on your face. It might determine crazy answers that you give, and you can't remember what I talked about last week, but it doesn't determine what God has for you. Doesn't it, it, doesn't, it doesn't, listen, we can't dictate to God what he's already prepared for us. He did it before you showed up. And he's been keeping it ready the whole time. It's yours, it's not somebody else's, it belongs to you. Are you preparing for that? Are you preparing for that? Are you preparing for that? See, this is the question that, 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 that keeps us going and really keeps us in a walk with him that is, that is passionate, a walk with him that is, that is heartfelt, one that is progressing and moving along, and one that is producing for the kingdom of God. You know, I minister more on Sunday nights than I do Sunday mornings, but one of the things that, that for a while now has been just on my heart and, and continues to, be, to remain on my heart, and I believe it's important that it stays on all of our hearts, is, listen, our, our, we, we are walking in eternity now. You know, we're walking, you and I are walking in eternity now. If we approach this life with an eternity mindset, how would that affect how we live this life? How will it affect, listen, if I thought my day was over and there was no tomorrow, I might have stayed by the fire and let the jackals come and get me and go see Jesus. But I knew there was a family waiting for me. There were things to do. There was a hunt tomorrow. There were things to accomplish. And so I moved on to where my provision was. I moved on to where God, what was next for me, what had been prepared for me. There's more. Living with an eternity mindset, living with this is not the end. There's more to come, not just in this life, but in the one that's just to come. There's more to prepare for. There's more to move toward. Let's not grow stagnant. Let's not grow stagnant. You say, well, I'm not growing stagnant. I'm, I'm, I'm more on fire for God than I've ever been. Great, stay that way. Great, stay that way. But if there is an ounce, if there's just the smallest bit of ember that has died off, man, throw something on the fire. Begin to, begin, to, begin to gather the wood you need to gather to light that thing back up. He's got so many things prepared for us. Are we preparing for what he's prepared for us? Go over to Ephesians, the second chapter. I've already been up here 23 minutes. I gotta hurry. Ephesians, what did I say, chapter two? Ephesians, the second chapter. 
Ephesians chapter 2. We read this last Sunday. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amplified, we read this last week, it says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. Just stop for a minute and think about that. We are his handiwork, his own handiwork. Do you realize that means God was actively, personally involved in the process of you? Does that it seem crazy to anybody but me? I mean, that, isn't that an amazing? We are his, his own handiwork. Not one of the fellas, not one of the cherubim or one of the seraphim or one of the other weird hooded creatures, you know, around the, <laughs> around the, around the throne, but God's own handiwork. His own handiwork. <sighs> tell you what, I, I, the more I know him, the more I see about who he is, the more in love I am with him. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. So we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prearranged ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life. The good life is in reference to the paths that he has planned ahead of time. Living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Things prepared, things prepared, things prepared. You know, as a church, there are things prepared for us. Our best days as a church are not behind us. They're ahead of us. Why? Because God is ahead. The plan of God is ahead. They're ahead of us. There's more for us to do. You know, one of the things in life I believe is, is vital is maintaining vision. Maintaining vision is an important aspect of our life. We know the scripture, you can turn there in Proverbs 29. The book of Proverbs is awesome. Tons of wisdom and, and, and just things that are such help to us. But in Proverbs, it says a scripture that is maybe familiar to many of us, but but uh, I want to read it here. Proverbs chapter 29. In the 18th verse, Proverbs 29, 18, this is out of the King James. I'll read this first. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. But notice where there is no vision, the people perish. The New King James, what we read oftentimes here, it says where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. That word revelation actually means a prophetic vision, inspired vision. Where there is no revelation, prophetic vision, inspired vision, the people cast off restraint. Do you know you need to have an inspired vision for your life? I said, you need to have an inspired vision for your life. Listen, somebody else's inspired vision won't inspire you. You need what God has for you. What, what the thing that God, the things that he has for you, the prophetic vision he has for your life. Because without it, people cast off for saying, what does it mean? They're, 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 they're not controlling. How many other things in life we've got to control or they're going to control us? And without that vision, life begins to control us instead of us controlling where we go and what happens. The, uh, the message Bible, or the New Living Bible says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. 
When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. How many know running wild in this, in this uh, uh, description here is not a good thing? <laughs> when people do not accept guidance, they run wild. The Message Bible says, if people can't see what God is doing, notice, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. If God can't see, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Every time in my life where I've gone through a period of stumbling or a period of, of unknowing or just bumping around in the dark, been in the, in the dark before and you're bumping into things. Several years ago, I had a big old thing on my head. Remember that, Doug? Oh, he made fun of me for it. In the dark here at the church, I, I was stumbling around, hit a door frame, had to go to the ER, get stitches, preach the next morning. It was wonderful. Stumbling in the dark. Things happen when you stumble in the dark. We can be in places in our life where we're stumbling. Listen, it doesn't matter how long you've been in this church. It doesn't matter how long you've known Jesus. If you get your eyes off vision, what he has for you, the, the prophetic vision, the inspired vision for your life. If you get off of that, get outside of that, you get into a place of stumbling in the dark. You know, that fire I talked about began to die out. Had I stayed there, eventually I'd have been in the dark. Being in the dark when there's jackals out there is not a good idea. But being in a place of stumbling in the dark when there's an enemy against us, even one that we have the victory over, even one that can't do anything to us, technically he doesn't have the right to do anything. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. But no, we're not in the dark. We have a vision. We have inspired vision. You can have an inspired vision. Amplified says, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, happy, blessed, fortunate, and enviable is he. I tell you, God has so much for us. You have a role to play. And there are a few things the Lord last night, kind of a few things he put on my heart to, 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 to mention as things to be looking for, but... I want you to know that you as an individual here, you have an important part. If this is the place where God has joined you, you've got a part to play in this place. You've got three or four amens. You have a part to play in this place. If God has joined you to this, whatever God joins, let no man, what is it, how does it say, uh, what's that? Put asunder, yeah. I thought it was bring us under, put us under. What does it mean? What God joins, let nobody, separ let nobody separate. You know, we know our vision. Go to Acts 26. We know this vision for the church. See, what God joins together, it's not, it's not up to us to say, no, nah, I don't want to be a part of that. It's not, it's not our call. Not if we want his best. Not if we want our best. Not if we want his best. Not if, we want, not if we're living for eternity. Right? If you're living with a mindset of what's next and the fact that we're living in eternity, you won't allow yourself to be separate. You won't, you won't separate yourself from where God has placed you. But Acts 26, it says, uh, uh, but rise and stand on your feet for I've appeared to you for this purpose to make you a minister and a witness. How many know that this you that it's speaking about is about not a, just a, a church or a body, it's about the individuals? Do you know that you as an individual, if you've been joined here, you are a minister and a witness? 
This is a part of vision and, and keeping in front of us the things that God has prepared. He's prepared. He's declared this about you. You're a minister and a witness. We know it belongs to us because it's in the word, but specifically, if God has joined you to this place, you are graced by God to be a minister and a witness. Are you ministering and witnessing? Well, that, that, well then, then you see our side and you see God's side. You see where he sees us and where we are. Well, we can make adjustments to get in line with that, right? He says, I've appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. You know what God's saying to us? He's not done with us either. As much as we say there's more, he's saying there's more. The things we've seen are great, but yet there's more. You know, it's easy to get comfortable eating the same thing. It's, it gets easy to feed on the same thing all the time. A couple weeks ago, uh, Rich and Daphne Walker came through town. Amy and I went to, went to dinner with them, went to BJ's, you know, by the mall. And every time I go there, I get the same thing. Anybody like me? You go to some, certain places, you get the same thing. And this time, I, some of you are like, no, I never do that. Well, you're way better than me. But anyway, there's certain places I go, I get the same. I used to go to, I know you don't talk about food on a Sunday morning. That's probably not a good idea. But I used to go to Bento's and I get the spicy cream chicken rice bowl. Mmm. I can hear angels singing just when I say it, right? And I got it every single time. Anybody ever had the spicy cream chicken rice bowl? If you haven't had it, you're, you don't know Jesus. So, yeah, you when, and it's super healthy too, right? There's no calories in it. It's wonderful. It helps put on muscle and all sorts of things. So, um, so every time I would go there, I got that. Well, eventually one day I branched out, you know, and, and I got the, the poke bowl that they have, the sushi poke. And now I'm like, ooh, now every time I go, I'm torn between those two, right? Well, we went, to ben, we went to BJ's, right? And we sat down and I was determined I'm going to get something different. I get the same thing every time I come here. I'm going to get something different. I told, told him, I'm going to get something different. I always get the same thing, but I'm, I'm, I'm making my confession of faith. You know, I'm going to get something different. It's a huge menu. I'm going to get something different. And I sat down, I'm paging through. What's this different thing I'm going to get today? Oh, there's that thing that I just love. Oh, yes, that's so good. But I'm going to get something different. I turned the page. You know, it's all said and done. You know what I did? Got the same thing I always got. Sometimes we do that with our, our, our walk with God and the subjects we like to hear and the things we like to talk about and the places with things we like to meditate on. I, that, that, that's my jam, right? That's my jam right there. And I like that. That's my jam, right? And yet there's a whole world of other things that could satisfy and meet needs you didn't even know you had right? So we get satisfied with things. Can I tell you, God's not done with us yet? <laughs> I tell you, if we could just see the full picture of what God wants to do, we probably might run, actually, to be quite honest. It might scare us half to death, but you think, or, or we'd get in the middle of it and we try to do it ourselves. How, how many know that's also not a good idea? <laughs> Ask Moses if that's a good idea. Not a good idea. We try to get involved in things. Ask Abraham, is that a good idea? Not a good idea. But losing sight of there's something else. Get comfortable with certain subjects. I like other subjects I don't. I like to hear about faith. Well, I do too. We were just this last weekend, we, or last week, we went to an RMAI thing, and Pastor Hagen and Sister Hagen were there ministering on faith. Man, it was awesome. Thank God for those things. They're awesome. And we love them. And they're foundation things of our life that we never get away from. Never get away from. But, you know, those things can become comfortable to us. 
We can think we know them so well. I say think because there's even more you can learn about those things. We can think we know them so well and are so confident that we got this thing down that we don't have a taste for anything else. He says here, he says, to be a minister and a witness of the things you have seen and the things I will yet reveal to you. God has prepared more for us. Are we making room? Are we preparing for that? Mm. I've had to tell the Lord a lot here lately. There's nothing off the table. There's nothing off the table in my life. Something you want to talk to me about? It may hurt, but there's nothing off the table. You ever been in those places where you're asking the Lord to expand you and expand your vision a little bit, and he talks about something, you're like, ow, I wish you'd leave that one alone, right? I said expand my vision, not gouge my eye out with that one. That hurts. I've had to tell the Lord, listen, nothing's off the table. Even areas that I think I got down, nothing's off the table. No one knows it better than the one who wrote it. No one knows it better than the one who inspired it. There's more to come. There's more to be had. He goes on to say, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well from the Gentiles. Notice we've been delivered from this generation. You know, this morning we're talking a lot about vision, looking, looking forward. You know, you've been delivered. Do you know you've been delivered from this generation? We've been delivered from the day that we live in. We've been delivered from it. Even while we're here, we've been delivered from it. What does it mean? We're not limited by it nor are we being held under by it. We're not being held under by it. We're not being withheld from something by it. No, we've been delivered from this generation. We've been, now, we're here to serve our generation and to reach our generation, right? We're here to do those things, but we're not here to, to, to be under their influence. We've been delivered from them. It says, I'll make you a minister and a witness of things which you've seen and yet revealed to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance amongst those who are sanctified by faith in me. Verse 19, therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. So we have a heavenly vision. And as members of this congregation, we all have a part of that. Yes, we've all got a part of that. You know, I was just thinking about some examples of things and looking into, you know, seeing, our, seeing really keeping a proper perspective on our part in this. Usher greeter, do you realize when you, I mean, I so appreciate those who serve in our church. Do you realize when, yes, somebody comes in, you, you're making someone feel welcome, not just welcoming them, but actually making them feel welcome. Or even just somebody here on a Sunday morning going out of your way to greet someone who's new. Or being led in your heart to, to minister to your brother or sister. You could be the, the, the they, there could be somebody who would come in this room and they're in, a, in this place and be at a place of, if something doesn't change, I'm checking out. You're making them feel welcome could be the very thing that, that resolves the day. Chris Rallen was just here a few weeks ago. He was at a place of utter depression in his life knowing that something is wrong, didn't know what to do, was considering taking his own life, yet one Baptist missionary stopped him on the street. Think about that. Stopped, took time out of what he was doing. Took time out of his day, his schedule. He had somewhere to go. Stopped and said, and talked to this man. On the outside, there was no reason to think there was anything there. 
There was no reason to think that this man was called and the grace was upon his life to do what Christopher Allen has done. Think of the millions of people who've come to know the Lord through this man's ministry. And we're involved in that because we support him, right? Whoo, praise God. But think of all that's been accomplished, yet it goes back to one person stopped. One person stopped. One person looked at One person, first of all, responded to go. But then they stopped on the, while they were there. They stopped and took a moment to minister life to him. Turn his eyes from darkness to light. Power of Satan to the power of God. Maybe your, maybe, maybe the thing that you have inside of you. Like I said earlier, we're, we're, we're privileged to have one another. We're privileged to have one another, but we also need one another in this thing. Why? Because God's not done with us. Every part is, every person's got a part to play. Every person's got a part. It may be something different. Not everybody's cut out for everything. As a teenager, I did just about everything in the church except for serving the, in, the, in the tiny tots. Sorry, Josh. It's the one thing I drew the line. God, this cannot happen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It just didn't work out. I was literally serving in five or six places at a time. There just wasn't enough time to serve somewhere else. And I said, oh, look at you, Pastor Rick. No, it was, I knew that it was preparing me for what was coming. It was preparation for what I'd be doing later. And so I had to do those things. But every part, every, every place in here, everything that people do, you may not fit in one area, but in another area you will. It might be in the area of prayer. I walked through this morning and, and Sister Mary's in the back praying for today's service. And I know many people do this on their own, on their own time, Monday nights they come out to prayer. Uh, or maybe on Sunday morning they wake up early and they spend a few minutes praying. It doesn't have to mean do hours, but they satisfy their heart. They respond to the leading of the Spirit on the inside. Right? You have no idea what changes. You have no idea what, what, what results it can have. You've got a part to play in this. Vision for what God has for us. Your attendance is great. Your tithe is great, but there's still more for you. There's still more for you. One of the things that, that's big on my heart is the area of, of growing one another, taking time out of our daily lives and, and investing in one another. It's called discipleship. Teaching someone, not just reaching them, but then teaching them how to obey, how to follow, how to hear, how to listen how to follow God's voice. That's a, part, that's a part of what God has called us to do, the part of the part, the part that we've been called to do. That's part of what he's prepared for you to do. You know, there's grace upon your life in those areas as well. There's grace upon your life. We gotta, we gotta keep a clear vision in front of us, keep the vision in front of us so we don't run, uh, get all out of whack and get all out of sorts. Several things he told me, and real quickly, know your limitations. Know your limitations. Hebrews chapter 12 says, Therefore we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. It's interesting he lists weights before sins because oftentimes what trips us up aren't the sins, they're just weights, attachments that aren't necessary. We're talking about the fact that he has something prepared for you. In preparing for those things, seeing your place, letting God expand your vision, what he has for you. We have to make sure that, that our perspective, we're looking at the right thing and, and eliminating the clutter, so to speak. 
If the Lord ever dealt with anybody about giving something up and they thought it was the most difficult thing in the world, but when they did it, they realized, oh, thank God. I didn't realize what a drag that was. I didn't realize, I didn't realize, how, I didn't realize how that was clouding the communication lines. Anybody done that, been there before? Oh, yeah. The time it seemed painful, but then you got away from it. Like, oh, thank God. Let's lay those things aside. Eliminate double-mindedness. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me except this or that. Have we been there before? Oftentimes it's the things that he's asking you to do is the very thing your flesh rebels against. I can do all things except for, talk, except for be social. I can do all things except for share what's on my heart. I can do all things except for serving the tiny tots. <laughs> James 1 says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You can't look at God's grace and your inferiority at the same time and be successful. You can't look at both at the same time. The verse goes on to say in, in Hebrews, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the Amplified says, the leader, the source of our faith, giving the first incentive uh, for our belief and is also the finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection, looking unto Jesus. Keeping our, our attention on him. Finding out the details of the wins, or not just the what's, but the when and the how. We're just touching on a few things here at the end, but but we're going to have vision. We're going to move forward. We're going to pursue those things. We're going to prepare the future, lay a hold of those things which God has prepared for us. We've got to get a hold of not just the what, but the how and the when. I mentioned Moses earlier. Moses, we were going to read it, but, you know, Moses, he came of age. He was 40 years old. He knew that his, who his people really were. He knew he was an Israelite. Came across a, 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 an Egyptian beating a slave. What did he do? He intervened. He knew in his heart He's supposed to set these people free. He intervened to rescue this person, cost him the next 40 years of his life. Cost him the next 40 years of his life. You go over, go over to Exodus chapter, chapter three. You say, well, maybe I, I, I'm a, you might be here and you're in a place where you've, you might be in that next 40 years of your life. Things that the Lord's asked you to do. Maybe a supply to this church he's asked you to be. Maybe a light on your job he's called you to be, maybe an influence in your family. There's somebody here today, you, you think that I've gotten to the place where I'm, not, I'm no longer able to influence my family. I've lost my place of influence in my family. That is not true, that's from the enemy. You have not lost your place of influence in your family. If that's you today and you think it's this, that, or that, it makes no difference, you have not lost your place. If you've got breath and you still love Jesus, you've not lost your place. You can't believe two things at the same time. Remember, he keeps those things ready for us. Your influence, he keeps it ready for you. In your children's lives, no matter how old they are, he keeps that ready for you, that influence ready in them. There's something, let's be honest, there's something in our hearts that always wants to please our parents, even if they're knuckleheads. Oftentimes we're knuckleheads too, aren't we? But there's always something that wants to, 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 bring, to bring honor to them and, to, and, to, and to, 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 no matter what it is, there's always, you have, your ear is always open, right? That's why sometimes what they say hurts so much. Well, let's use this. 
that's something God instills. That's part of the influence that God has prepared and keep made and is keeping ready for you. I've lost, I've lost. No, you haven't. If you need to repent of something, go repent of something. If you need to set something right, set something right. But don't give up on the fact that God has still made, put you in that position and he's kept your position in their life ready. You've not lost your influence. It can grow. Your latter years of influence could be greater than your early years. You might say, get myself in a position, you know, and, and something's wrong here in Exodus. You know, we, we know that Moses did something really dumb and, and, and had, to, had to run, was, had, God had put on his heart to rescue God's people, and now he's running, living out in the desert. In Exodus chapter 3, now Moses was tending the first verse, Moses 3, 1. We'll stop here in just a second. Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock back to the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and beheld the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Here's the thing, the key. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. Listen, God may be here trying to get your attention this morning. You've lost vision, lost sight of some things. Your place. Turn aside and see what that thing is. Not to me, but turn aside to God and see what that is. It goes on to say in the next verse, it says, uh, so when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. God might be trying to get your attention this morning. Don't give up. Don't pack it up. Don't quit preparing. Don't get comfortable with where you are. Don't get lazy in where you are. Don't think that your time has passed you. Better days are past. Your time of influence is, is, is gone. No, that's not true. Turn aside. Look to him. He will be the one that will answer you. He will respond. We are not without help. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. This is where we started. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. Second chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 9. As it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared, made, and keeps ready for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. You are not without help. You have the spirit of God. You've got the Holy Ghost. Living, if you know Jesus, you've got the Holy Ghost. If you're filled with the Spirit, you've got the, the ability to pray out mysteries, to pray these things in existence, to sow the seed for your tomorrow's harvest. Right? You are not without help. You are not without help. Even in your darkest moment, you're not without help. The truth is, even in the person, people that are close to you, in their darkest moment, they're not without help if you know the Holy Ghost. You can start sowing some things into their life through your prayer life. Yeah. You are not without help. Pray it out. Let's all stand. I tell you what, if we could just see what lies ahead, what God has for us. He's got so much. I hope you're encouraged this morning, but I also hope you're challenged. Let's maintain proper vision. 
We come together, we're not just doing the same old thing we always do. No, we're setting the stage for God to move. Tomorrow when you go to work, you're not just doing the same old thing you always do. No, you're setting the stage for God to move. You're stepping into something that God has prepared for you. Will you be ready for that? Will you be ready for that? I don't be you, but I'm determining to be ready. To be ready for those things. Like I said, I keep going back for me, just going back to you know, eternity mindset. If we'll be ready in those areas, we'll be ready for him. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.